What's up everybody? How are you guys doing? Welcome to Jake Richardson's Coaching Corner. Today we are interviewing a very special person to me, my best friend, my brother, one of the best men in my wedding. This man is a college graduate from UC Davis. He is a current accountant in the state of Arizona and he is also a homeowner in the state of Arizona while also being a first-generation Mexican-American. He has done a lot of amazing things with the little that he was given as a child, and I really want to get this interview going, so we're gonna give him a call. Oh, there he is. So we're going to jump right into this interview. Like I said, I gave the introduction already of how lazy of a human being you are and how you ain't getting a lot of shit done. But you are a first generation Mexican-American that has accomplished a lot within this little bit of time. And the first question I have is what part of Mexico are your parents from? Well, uh, thanks for that introduction, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so uh, my parents both born in Durango, Mexico. Okay. In a in a small little ranch called San Nicolas. Where is Durango located? Um, it's more to say, like central northern Mexico, not too close to the beach. Um, very uh, country, you could say. Mm, oh, so that's what I was about to ask you. What are the style of people out there? What was their style? Bro, um, so I've never been. But uh, from what I was told, it's very, um, when they were growing up, very poor, um, they had to do, they had to make use of all the little resources that they had. Um, so yeah, you, you could say a very um, country, as you could, as I imagine it. But their stable would be hard workers. Oh, that's for sure, yeah. You almost have to be that. Without a doubt, yep. Yeah, I like it, I like it. Give me a brief story of their individual journeys to America? Um, shoot. Well, uh, there's a crazy story from my mom's side, um, how she actually had to, <laughs> uh, come across the actual border um, with my auntie, um, her younger sister. Um, she, she tell, they tell me the story. Of course they, they walked through all the way up to the border a couple of days, slept in bungalows and slept in little sheds and stuff like that with a group of people. Um, the way they describe it is very uh, a treacherous trek, um, having to ration their, their food and their drinks and stuff like that. Um, and then the funny part to me um, was when uh, my mom actually had to cross the border in a convertible. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the very few times she actually rode in a convertible. Damn. Um she actually had to be in the front seat and she met this lady who obviously was going to get her across the border. Um, uh, my, my mom was in the front seat. My auntie was in the back seat and my mom had a, a blonde wig on with those Corella Cor DeVille from the 101 down. Yeah. A long trip. Uh, my mom don't smoke, man, but, uh, <laughs> how old was she? Uh, I, I believe she was 17. Damn. What was that long cigarette right there? 
Yeah, the long cigarette where you, the cigarette had like, uh, you didn't even hold the cigarette, man. It's so uh, bougie. <laughs> the cigarettes <laughs> had stories on the side of them. You could read it while you smoked. <laughs> that thing you could uh, smoke cigarette and play baseball with it, man. I'm not long <laughs> uh, but she, uh, the lady was encouraging her and kind of giving her tips to to act normal, act like you've been there, um, act American, even though my mom has never been to America. Wow. And so my mom did her best impression, like, oh, yeah, you know, giggling, laughing. And um, she took a whiff of the cigarette. <laughs> and she started coughing up a lung, man. <laughs> um, but um, luckily for her, um, yeah, everything went well, and they were able to get um, over here on this side. Um, and, yeah, I remember the she was one of the hmm, – I think you can say like the second wave of the sisters. My mom was one of seven sisters. Um, she was part of the second wave, so my grandpa was over, already over here, mm. and so so was my some some of the sisters as well. And they ended up ended up meeting up in a McDonald's in San Francisco. Man, yeah. So that was a uh, it was a pretty funny story because I don't think she's ever ridden a convertible ever since then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what to get her for her birthday. Uh, so then, how'd your dad get here? Uh, shoot, I don't even know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just give us, give us a brief, like I said, small story. Uh, that, uh, that, who, uh, <laughs> that, um, from what I heard, I think he, he also came over here with an uncle or a cousin. Um, and from what I recall, it, I'm not sure if it was the second time to charge or third time to charge, uh, but he ended up coming over here. And uh, one of the times, I think the officer's story, man, I think he might have been eating at a McDonald's and they picked him up and they had a, they sent him back a couple of times. So I'm not sure if he enjoyed that Big Mac. <laughs> but, and that was the last time he had a Big Mac. <laughs> That's the last time he rode a convertible too. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> was, uh, yeah, it took him a couple of tries, but... Uh, Again, that hardworking attitude. He um, ended up coming back this way, and um, and yeah, settled in. I think in San Mateo, got here. Um, crazy. Yeah, he got here. I think the day before his birthday, or the actual day of his birthday, the 18th or 19th birthday. Mm. And second day, he started working for one company, the same company, and he worked there for like 43 years. Oh wow! I did not know that part. Yeah, never changed jobs or anything. Just one company, one boss. Man. So then. How do they come together? How do they meet? Uh, they've met before. They were they were already they knew of each other um, back in Mexico. Okay. They went to the same um, um, elementary school, um, and that's where they met. Uh, I, I don't really know how they would come together up here. Which that would be an interesting story to know in like the era of no cell phones or anything like that. Yeah. To actually meet up in the same place and come together here, that's actually that would be interesting. Well, I'm giving you giving you some gems that you can go take back and figure out the answers for. Giving me homework, huh? So then, where did you grow up? Where did I grow up? I grew up in the city of San Bruno. Yeah. Uh, born in San Francisco, lived a couple of years that I don't remember in San Mateo. Uh, moved over to San Bruno, um, up and down those areas. And uh, I would say, yeah, San Bruno was the place that I grew up. I like it. I like it. So give as much detail as you choose, but describe in one word what it was like growing up. One word, uh, 
describe how I was growing up in one word? Shoot. That's a good one. I would I would just have to say uh, blessed. Kind of kind of corny, but I, I just got to, that's the first thing that comes to mind without even thinking. Yeah. Um, and uh, the reason I say that, I, I just got surrounded by a lot of good people. I, um, call it luck, call it being blessed. I was able to go to school, uh, get free and reduced lunch, uh, play sports, and do basically everything that my my parents did not do or did not, did not know was possible to do at school. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be um, one word to describe my childhood. Uh, details of it, man, it was just uh, carefree, very carefree. Um, you do, it was almost like, a, it just went by too fast. You, hey, put your vibrator away. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Even though this is an interview, I couldn't let that shit go. By the way, uh, this interview is brought to you by Duracell Max. <laughs> Better to laugh at the last lifetime. Hey, but then back, back to it. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. The last one. To, yeah, just very carefree. A very carefree and easy as far as uh, just do your homework, do your work, um, play sports, run around. Don't get your uh, your school uniform too dirty, and that's about it. And don't catch cooties. Which is amazing because the neighborhood we grew up in isn't the hardest neighborhood, but it was a very tough one. And there were a lot of avenues in which we could have twisted and turned. And for you to say blessed is very, uh, you got a lot of foresight. Uh, a lot of foreskin? <laughs> hey, I mean, that's a whole different interview. Oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, what part of growing up in your household and in the avenues sharpened your hustle? Sharpened my uh, I'll repeat that one time. Sorry. So, what parts of growing up in your household and in the avenues as a whole helped sharpen your hustle? Uh, shoot, I'm gonna just say growing up in a in a household with a single mom is the what kind of sharpened my hustle. Um, and it's uh, everyone says hindsight is uh, you know twenty twenty. Um, but yeah, looking back at what she had to deal with, uh, with two, uh, you know, kids in the house with one single income. Well, she was working like multiple jobs, but, um, in order to feed us and uh, take care of us and uh, we're over here making ramps out of logs and trying to jump them in the middle of the street. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I think just, uh, looking up to her and seeing how she just made it work. And I just couldn't see, like, it's, it's uh, kind of weird, like how I said, it was, I was, it was like a carefree childhood, but at the same time, you notice the people that were working hard behind the scenes. Like, I had, I wouldn't be riding my little mongoose bike if it wasn't for my mom over here working her, her butt off trying to pay for it or give me the latest, you know, headband so I could play basketball because I wanted to be like Michael Jordan and stuff like that. So uh, she's uh, definitely someone who I could say sharpened my hustle as far as you know, installing that characteristic of a determination in me. Which is an extremely beautiful thing because as long as we have known each other, you didn't grow up the easiest by any means, but you don't even, that, like a, that, that glimmer of even bringing that up doesn't even cross your mind. It's like, 
you were just so appreciative of everything in which you had because you knew how hard the people had to work for it to get to give it to you. Where yeah. there's other kids out there that might have, like you said, everything plus some that will complain all the way till the fucking cows come home. Oh yeah, for sure. It's one of those things where I, I didn't I didn't even know what I didn't have because I was focusing on what I already did have type of thing. Man, and that's exactly why you're in the position that you are today because you have that mentality. If more people had that mentality, I think the world would be functioning at least better. I don't want to be a dork and go, oh, the world be in a better place. Fuck all that. I think it'd be functioning better. Oh yeah, and I think uh, uh, just going off of that too. That's for I think I'm I'm blessed again where I ended up meeting a lot of people like you as well and some of the friends that we still hang out with and keep in touch with today where they do the same thing we kind of gravitate the same people um kind of gravitate to each other um just because we are appreciative and we know how hard it, it is to to get to where we're at yeah i completely agree you've expressed that your grandma is a huge inspiration in your life elaborate Oh, you cut off a little bit there. No, I was just saying uh, you've expressed how your grandma has a huge inspiration on your life. I just want you to elaborate a little bit. Uh, well, first on my mama, and then uh, I would say uh, uh, both of my grandmas uh, are a big inspiration. Are they? Uh, again, I just I just see it in in their world. I probably would not have lasted. I would have gave up, man, if I <laughs> um, doing what they did. Um, even to, to the day where as far, as far as they come out or even like even the, sorry in the beginning where it's like they come to this new country as adults already um, with kids already trying to learn this new culture this new language this new style of living um, where you have to kind of work to get money to put food on the table where they're accustomed of like waking up early uh, you know grooming the kids uh, getting fruit off the trees milking the cows in order to put food on the table. It's a little different lifestyle. So uh, just seeing how they adapted to this kind of culture coming here as adult, as adults not speaking the language is uh, pretty crazy to me. And it also, again, uh, a blessing for me and reminds me of that. I have to take advantage of any opportunities that I have here. What do you think the major reason was for them to want to give everything up back home and then come to a new country where they didn't know the language and it was going to be a little bit rougher of a trip? Shoot. Uh, uh, money is a hell of a drug, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but was it also the kids and them furthering their education and getting different opportunities? Uh, I think, it's uh, yeah, opportunity for sure. Um, yeah, you could say, yeah, definitely opportunity because out there there was nothing else. Just like I said, it was very ranch style, very nothing out there. Um, had to sell, you know, animals in order to put food on the table. Had to, you know, hunt your own food, basically. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very different. Very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, so this is all very great stuff. Uh, even though your body doesn't look like it now, you were an extremely talented athlete growing up. How did sports help shape your most prominent skills you possess today? What do you believe those skills are? Um, I'm not appreciative of these uh, little things here. <laughs> but, uh, 
But yeah, believe it or not, uh, I did play sports. <laughs> Organized. Organized. I may not have a cable to watch them uh, on TV, watch basketball every day or uh, Sunday night t- or with an NFL ticket to watch them. But uh, when coach said, uh, cross that boy up, I got to do what I got to do, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what was your question at the end as far as uh, how sports shaped? How did it shape the most prominent skills you possess today? And what do you believe those skills are? Um, shoot. I don't really think uh, I don't really think I have like skill skills, but if I were to say like what was sports has taught me, I would say sometimes you gotta be coachable, coachable, and um, that hunger to to reach the goal. So like what I mean, coachable is like listen to people that's been there before. Um, I mean we as, as a kid sometimes you you get a little naive and a little. Uh, your ego hits and you're like, oh, well, this coach doesn't know what he's talking about. Why would I listen to him? But you, you got to remember that even though he may not look like a coach, uh, that boy still balls out. Shout out Coach Hada over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, um, so, yeah, just look, um, kind of getting mentorship from people that have been there. Um, and that, that kind of carried over to the professional um, realm where you got to listen to people. Um, your teachers, your counselors, people that have been there, gone through the journey so you don't have to suffer too much. Um, and then that hunger to win, so or that hunger to reach the goal. So in sports, obviously, you, it's that hunger to win. You don't want to be second place in a, you know, in a two in a two opponent sport where you're playing your opponent. You want to be number one. Um, and yeah, just uh, it's same like in work. You, you want to bring your, your best, your A game, your quality game every day, day in, day out. Um, and that, that's kind of what I think my skills are trying to be better than I was yesterday type of thing. And practice, practice, practice your craft. That's an amazing answer. And all jokes aside, of the human beings that push me in my life, you are right up there as getting all the potential out of my athletic skills as well. And helping me at a very young age, learn all these different things in sports. So all jokes aside, there's a lot of my athletic ability that is attributed to you. Yeah, well, you didn't have a left hand, buddy. You can't fucking dribble left. Oh, you can't freaking dribble left, man. They couldn't stop me down the fucking baseline anyways. <laughs> <laughs> when did college become a reality? Oh, when did college become a reality? Reality? <laughs> um, I would say it became a reality when... I started receiving uh, letters back, actually, that people were actually responding to my emails, even if it was, uh... actually, I- I'll be honest, I-, I replied to eight colleges and I only got one rejection letter, and that was because of my financial aid. They wouldn't be able to give me enough financial aid for me to be at that school. <laughs> um, but yeah, it-, it came in reality when I got that first um, email, that first letter saying that I got accepted, and I was like, like, really? Like... Like, how, how's that going to work? Am I going to live at, at the home and commute all the way to Regan San Luis Obispo? Or uh, what was the other school? I got into the CSU LA. I was like, uh, I've never been living by myself, man. Uh, I'm over here still thinking girls had cooties and stuff, man. And now <laughs> they got to go uh, all the way down to Davis to go to school and stuff. So um, it became a reality when I started getting those letters. And 
after that, to be honest, I didn't even think about high school anymore. I thought about like, oh, how am I going to pay for tuition, for school books? Um, and yeah, that's what basically, basically for me, that was when high school was over. You do a little ceremony here, you walk the stage, you get your diploma, that's it. But the I felt like college was like the real, uh, the championship game, you could say. Like, never, never prep for it. Nobody, uh, at least no one on my mom's side of the family was, uh, had gone to the championship state, you know, the championship game and stuff. Um, I did get help from my older cousins to fill out my financial aid because uh, I didn't know how expensive expensive it was going to be. Um, but yeah, just getting those letters and it was crazy. Cause I, didn't even up, I didn't even think about that question ever uh, until now. Sheesh, until you asked it. That's why, that's why I'm here, baby. But you and your immediate family are the first to ever go to college. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You you do a very good job at uh, downplaying your accomplishments, but that is a huge accomplishment when it comes to where your parents both have come from, how hard they've worked, and then how hard you work. Because I'm telling you right now, this man over here, major cheater in school, and there was a huge. And I, this is I'm not first generation. I've been in America for a minute. <laughs> And, I'm gonna follow with that question too because I I didn't even think about going to college until uh it just literally just happened uh and like I said like me and you real like just athletic just well we love sports right so we like to play and that's how we kind of just you got to hit the 2.0 in order to play is it? and I so 2.0 was always the goal but then we had this other buddy um old Mister Doctor Boy <laughs> um I had Rami in most of our classes. And it was almost like a competition between us, like a friendly competition. Um, I tried to get the better grade than he is, you know, that he had, um, the better test score. Um, of course, he was always available for questioning and stuff like that. So he helped me out with the stuff that I had trouble on. Um, but it was always that friendly competition between me and him, um, both athletic, uh, you know, in sports and academically. Um, and yeah, just competing with him, not trying to get second place with him. Uh, led me to good grades and he's the one who told me I got to take the SAT and and yeah it just happened yeah I mean that, that's a human being that's gonna be on an episode for sure in the near future I mean I was very lucky because my competitive level was very low so all I was doing was competing with Travis and all I had to do was show up to class to beat Travis so it was all good I said oh shit this is my competition easy <laughs> you guys are both misspelling your names and stuff <laughs> <laughs> but uh, were both of your parents supportive of your college decision? Um, yeah, they were. Uh, they expressed it in their weird way. Uh, I just remember, like, like I said, I got into the kind of like, how am I going to pay for college? Uh, again, seeing my mom work already two jobs um, in order to just support to put food on the table. Uh, now I can only imagine like tuition, books rent for me to stay um and just a different just additional expenses so i was thinking in the summer like you know i'm gonna get a job uh help out my mom uh of course my mom was very excited for me she's like oh well you know my son's growing up right before my eyes type of thing um and yeah she i guess she wanted to get a head start of prepping me for college and um like i said i was looking for a summer job and um I ended up getting like accepted in two places. It was Foot Locker and McDonald's. And then I I remember uh, 
I was just thinking, man, Foot Locker, here we come, man. My boy's going to get new cleats, discounts on them, uh, employee discount, family discount, everything. And then my mom just basically just shut down my dreams, and she goes, you're going to work at McDonald's uh, because I, I want you to learn how it is to work hard, and that way you never have to work kind of like, you never have to work like me ever again. And that was her way to support and show her support for me uh, to go to college and that this is going to be the last time you work hard. Um, you're going to do better than me in life. That is a beautiful story, but Miss G, you messed my feet up because I could have got them cleats. Miss <laughs> 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 G, my cleats, man. You got ingrown toenails and stuff now? You man, like I'm, I'm missing the pinky toe on my left foot. <laughs> but no, that is that. But see, that right there also shows she understood too how much of a sacrifice she was like putting in to get you into the position that you are and she knew that the way to go in the right direction the wrong direction you're literally on the same street before it forks off and she said oh i'm gonna teach you hey here's a taste of the wrong direction <laughs> no disrespect to mcdonald's but if you're working at mcdonald's you're aiming pretty low in the career status so she goes hey no you gotta get this job real quick and this is gonna help you appreciate and go to college and strive for something bigger yeah oh man yeah but it kind of backfired because i love me some big macs and uh <laughs> Man. And that's kind of why I was saying earlier, I, and people can't tell by this body right now, but at one point in time, there was an athlete, real skinny, good looking, the hairline was a little pushed forward, a little bit more athlete right in that middle, but <laughs> you get what you get now because that McDonald's backfired. You were worked at McDonald's, you could have been, or uh, Nike, you could have been in the Olympics right now. Tell me about it, man. Damn. As a shot putter or something. But now I just, uh, every uh, 4th of July, I just go for the hot dog eating competition now instead. <laughs> the old Nathans, right? <laughs> so then uh, after 11 years and one semester, how did it feel to be the first person in your family to earn that bachelor's degree? Oh, man. Well, uh, it was great, man. Again, um, these little zingers here. <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> Technically, it was not 11. It was close, though, because uh, <laughs> I did not file for my my commencement or whatever it was. But uh, long story short, uh, oh, man, it felt uh, like I said, I wasn't prepared to go to college. And then once I got into college, I really enjoyed my time there. Met some cool people, smart people. Um, built some relationships, you know, bonds that uh, also going to last a lifetime. And then graduation comes and it's kind of like what next um and yeah so it was one of those uh i'm not sure if it was part of like me being unprepared or a part of like my determination where i set goals like just to finish college and i don't i don't look at the next step after yeah. and um, i finished the goal of actually finally passing my classes getting that diploma um and then you come to a standpoint where, like what what what's next? You know, so it was like it was, it was a bittersweet moment where, as far as like you, I was there for sure. I was there for five years. So you you come like used to you grow up um, in this little town there, college town, from the years of eighteen to twenty three, and yeah, you get put back into the workforce. Do you think that that 
that uh, lack thereof of seeing the next step has to do with you being the first person ever on the journey and then not having necessarily a template to look at to know what the next step would be? Uh, as much as I don't want to admit it, but I, I probably, that probably might be one of the reasons, yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't have uh, someone to look up to or someone that I actually could that I actually could reach out to or didn't or basically didn't want to reach out to maybe yeah. my stubbornness to kind of do it on my own um but yeah that definitely contributes to that and then also yeah lack yeah lack of preparation and lack of reaching out to people that might have been able to help me yeah. um, but again yeah not having that that template not um basically being the first one to actually set set the trail instead of following someone's trail yeah, I mean, huge standard, for sure, to yeah. be able to have gone to college, graduate college, and now the uh, many doors open up from there. You're not you're not stuck to, oh, you're only here now. Now there's a lot of other doors that open up, which leads me to my next question. How did accounting become an idea, and how did that come about? Um, so accounting, so I actually uh, graduated with an economics and international relations double major. Um, so I was ready to take on the world. I was ready to be in the politics, ready to oh, fly international, do a, 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 you know, marketing, whatever it may be. But I ended up in a warehouse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, first I went, I ended up at a, at a, at a bank and then after the bank, uh, ended up at a warehouse. Um, and yeah, like, I, um, how would I, how would I say this, uh, the warehouse, the warehouse life was fun, but it was not what I thought it would be. So um, uh, after a while, I'm realizing that uh, it's not what it's not what my mom taught me. You know, expected of me five years before when she said, you know, McDonald's is going to be the last hardworking job you're going to do. Um, so uh, I'm over here at the warehouse, which the warehouse wasn't too hard. Uh, physical work was. I feel like I could do at that time when you're young, you could do a lot of physical work. It's the mental work that's kind of tough. Um, I ended up taking just night classes, so I, I wasn't tired after work. I'd, you know, I'd have a lot of free time, and I'd go ahead and just take night classes uh, for fun. And I ended up they, they paid for my courses, so uh, I got some free night classes, and that's how I just came and stumbled upon accounting. Um, I ended up having enough credits and passed my classes in order to. Um, yeah, to have the experience to be an accountant, and I was able to apply to more jobs and more in that field. I like it. And then, so from there, that springboards you into the county of San Mateo, and then how does that journey go about? Like I said, don't give the the give the Reader's Digest version. The Reader's Digest version. Oh, so I'm talking too much now, huh? In this interview? Yeah, I mean, you could say what you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually ended up uh, getting into the county of San Mateo through a, a friend of ours. He let us know about any the recruitment uh, for a position, for entry-level position. Uh, ended up going through there, um, get my foot in through the door. And then from there, they actually had, every six months, they have an accounting, I guess, opening or a post where they obviously they open the job position for people, people apply and there's a test portion of it. And with the skills that I have learned, 
um, taking night classes, I was able to pass um, that accounting test. Um, and yeah, and got and the way how it works is that they put you on a list when you're available or a position becomes available, they just start picking names off the list. Um, luckily enough, I was high enough on the list to get considered uh, for one of the first openings. And yeah, they really, they saw my experience uh, interviewing well and the rest is history from there. I like it. I like it. Because like I said, what you've done is pretty fucking insane from where you think of where we've come from. People in our neighborhood where the directions, the wrong directions they chose. It's a very niche market of people that have taken the right path and done to the likes of what you've done. So it is a very powerful thing. But we've also worked real shit jobs in our youth. And you've worked a couple of them. The, the hometown, the McDonald's, the warehouse. Give me either your funniest or wildest story from one of those jobs. Uh, funniest or wildest stories? Uh, well, I, I want to say my time with uh, at the warehouse was very, uh, everything was just very fun. Uh, I, I think most of it has to do with just uh, just meeting people that are just hard workers and they, they work hard and they play harder. Um, but if I had the wildest story, I would have to say is I'd be at McDonald's. Um, I, at McDonald's, I did everything from sweeping, mopping, uh, to making the food, to washing the, the the plates, the dishes that we cooked on, everything except being cashier, the easiest part of the job. I was dumping out you know, the boxes, going into the freezer, um, everything. And there was a time where, yeah, it was a, during the downtime, I was able to, you know, finished up what I had to do, and now it was time to clean the bathrooms. And um, <laughs> for the wildest time uh, of any job would be entering and cleaning the woman's bathroom in the East Bay. <laughs> <laughs> put, the, put a fine point on it. Oh, man. So, <laughs> well, just to continue, um, listen to us. If you're under 18, go ahead and come in. He's going to be a squeamish. <laughs> Turn the channel. Man. <laughs> uh, man, so I went over there, you know, clean the guy's bathroom easy, walk in there. A few people miss the toilet seat, whatever it is. You clean it. Uh, you go on with your day. Then you, I went to the women's bathroom. I thought it was going to be a piece of cake, just like men, you know, they, but they can't miss, right? They have to sit down. So I walk in there. I thought, uh, I thought I was walking into Jeffrey Dahmer's freaking uh, room. <laughs> The stench in there, oh man! And then I was like, "No way! Are they killing people in here?" Swear, I promise you that. I looked in there; there's blood on the floor, Ugh. and I was like, "Oof!" I had to, I had to go back and get my boss. Like, I'm not touching that. There's no way. Um, if I have to get you know let go, so be it. I'll pick up my check, uh, you know, next Friday. Um, but he goes, "No, nah, we're gonna do this together." So we went ahead go into this bathroom, clean it all up. And then I entered one of the stalls. There was, how did I say? There was toilet paper with blood rolled up like this in the tip. A good old tampaloon, huh? Oh, DIY on Pinterest, baby. <laughs> I don't know what that, is. that was one of the most disgusting. I, and the worst part is because I'm still young. This is my first job. I'm over here like, 
oh man, like someone had a bloody nose. I picked it up and he goes, drop that right now. You don't know where that been. I know where that's been. I was like, what? Did, and, you so didn't have a glove on. No, I had gloves on. I had gloves on. He <laughs> picked up with the teeth. Hell <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> that smell never leaves. Twenty-three year old city of Hayward. I know. I know the smell. <laughs> Mayo. <laughs> oh man, but that that has to be the wildest story. Uh, and that that's, that opened my my mind up to see it, like what people do, like. I would never, well, again, I'm not a woman, stuff like that, but I would never think to leave a place dirtier than I walked into it. And I'm, yeah, that was a, that was wild for me. And take a little bloody, poopy shit on the floor. <laughs> At least that hit the bowl. That was rough, man. That was rough. Oh, man, that that is real rough. I'm telling you right now. I, I gave it, gave it. Find my placing right now. My eyeballs are crossing. I'm about to faint. Oh man, this section brought to you by Cherry Slurpee. <laughs> this this section brought to you by Heinz Tomato Ketchup. <laughs> but uh, I digress. So you're a homeowner now in the sunny state of Arizona. Huge accomplishment. How does that feel? Uh. It feels good. It feels good. Uh, uh, to, now that you're asking all these nosy questions, man, uh, it uh, it reminds me of college back again, man. I, I had this goal for a long time, uh, was able to accomplish it. Uh, I'm going to say during some tough times and uh, tough personal times during my life, um, but I still had that goal, uh, was able to do it, and now I'm kind of left with what's next. Um, so, yeah, but... Um, yeah, it feels, it feels good. Feels uh, uh, feels like a part of me did it, but then uh, my whole community around me that supported me, uh, it's, all, it's all went into it. All went into it. Yeah, I feel like I've made a huge dent to help you do that. And this yeah. is this is also an interview, you fucking ass. So it's gonna be nosy ass questions. The fuck you think <laughs> an interview you do? The fuck you think you do at interviews and shit? Ask how the weather is over there. <laughs> but once again humble human being you're doing something big living in the state of Arizona working now in the state of Arizona owning a home and you're living in a space in which I would say the bedroom bathroom and walkthrough closet might, might I add at the address of no would be probably the size in which the play, the space in which you were growing up in. So the space in which you grew up in would probably be the same size as that. So I don't want that to be stepped over lightly because that's a huge, to me, it's one of the most impressive things. Like being your best friend, being your brother, that shit impresses me the most that you're able to create what you created so far. From the humblest of beginnings in which you come from. Oh, well, thank you, sir. Yeah, so I didn't want that to be left. I want people to know how hard you busted your ass to get to where you are. So it's a huge thing. Do you take time to appreciate what you have accomplished thus far? Uh, ooh, uh, that's a, another good 
very uh, internal question, very nosy question of you again. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, that, that's actually something I've been actually thinking about um, recently since that um, since I actually moved out here. Um, so, times I do, sometimes I do. In the beginning, when I first moved out here, I, I literally was I was waking up like almost like a, those pinch me moment, moments where you're like, "This is not." this can't be real, man. Like I'm not really here. I really reached what, I, you know, re- really reached the goal, the cross the finish line. And there's, I, I actually have a problem with not looking back and seeing all the, the stuff that I gone through. It's, uh, as far as, you know, I don't know, like soaking it all in. I, I feel like I always focus on the next move. Like what's, what's next. That's, uh, my problem, but at the same time, it's a, a double double edged sword where I'm not stagnant, but at the same time, I should kind of soak in my my achievements and stuff. But you, this interview has helped me so far. And what could I say? Do you feel though, if you had more of that, you might not be in the position that you're in? If I had more of what? A reflection. If I had more reflection time, uh. Uh, no, I think uh, uh, not, 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 not really. Um, I, I think e- either way, uh, you know, setting my focus on my next goals or even reflecting um, would probably make me just as hungry as I am now to to move forward and like push forward. Um, but I guess yeah, maybe having a little bit more reflection time would see that you know some of my realistic goals or some of the goals that I thought were not realistic can be achieved. So. I'd agree with that. Well, now, since we've had the serious time, and like I said, you've dropped a lot of gems to a, a lot of first-generation Mexican-Americans out there that you can aspire for bigger things and do better things, so I think that's great. Now we're jumping into the game time aspect of it all. You have said Superman is your favorite superhero. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Shoot, man, baby. If I got one superpower, uh, oof. See, now, 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 you're uh, switching it up on me here. Because growing up, I would want to have speed, super speed, super fast. Uh, if I could have one superpower, it'd probably be slowing down time. To be honest. Would that almost be the same thing? Because most people that can move really quick, when they show it from their perspective, time is just slowed down. They're walking normal. Is this... Uh, I had to charge my phone very quick. Is this something... Uh, is this a debate now? Or I'm just saying what... You're almost still within the same parameters of what you liked as a kid. Yeah, that's true. Um... Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. I gotta plug in my phone. I'm at one percent. Yeah, always prepared. Always prepared, man, for the next thing. No, always prepared, human being. You really, you do, you really do have foresight. <laughs> Foreskin. <laughs> hey, ladies out there. <laughs> Anybody into it? <laughs> All right, we're back on. Sorry, sorry about. Oh no, what? I have a charger. 
that charges backwards. So it's over here. Uh, <laughs> it went from three percent to two percent. <laughs> you have a charger that goes, "Hey, uh, if this is an iPhone one, they don't make <laughs> outlets for that anymore. They changed the outlet." Um, here we go. We're good. Um, but yeah, I, I would be. Uh, also, so yeah, you said it's in the same realm. But man, uh, try to do wanting super speed or super fastness uh, at the age of like 20 is a little bit different uh, than wanting super speed now when you have a bum knee and uh, your joints are cracking just when you wake up in the morning yawning. Uh, <laughs> I'm over here eating breakfast and my elbow pops. So I think uh, let's, uh, let's focus on time making time slow down instead of uh speeding up <laughs> i'll take that i'll take that uh why would you want time to slow down um, ooh, um right off the bat i feel like sometimes there's um uh, not enough hours in the day to do what i want to do um so and yeah i just i just break it down i want to go ahead you know get the recommended you know six to eight hours of sleep um when you have a job that's nine to five you have your eight hours that you clock in um or if your salary, you're going to have to put in, you know, your six to 10 hours a day. Then if you're going to go ahead and work out, that's another hour. So you're already down 17 hours a day. Um, that leaves room for very little things to do. So um, I still think there's a lot of stuff that I want to accomplish, want to learn. Um, shoot, a lot of series on Netflix I want to catch up with. Uh, little stuff like that, that would probably make me want to slow down time. Hey, spoken like a true elder statesman. <laughs> All great superheroes have one Achilles heel. What would yours be? Uh, say that one more time. You broke up again. I said all great superheroes have one Achilles heel. What would your weakness be? Uh, my weakness would probably be uh, my left shoulder when I do shoulder presses. Uh, other than that... I don't think I have any weakness. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my core. I don't know. I can tell you it's fucking self indulgence Maybe it's, it's, it's called whale. Either uh, my left shoulder or my high cholesterol. I don't know what's uh, my Achilles heel. <laughs> it's let's go with high cholesterol. <laughs> now, if I were to say one of my weaknesses, it's something that we just touched on, touched on earlier, uh, would be not reflecting, I guess, or not taking the time to um, appreciate more, soaking the, soak the achievements and the goals that I've already accomplished. Um, I always look into the next. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's something that I would consider probably my Achilles heel. Um, I need to make more time in the present and st um, for certain little things, just little, little, Little things, you know, making a phone call, making a quick text, check, you know, reaching out to the ones that I, uh, that put me in a position that I am today, um, and not and not focus on, you know, sometimes the the uh, how would I say the temporary pleasures in life that uh, that kind of are a distraction from what I want to do. Pleasures of the flesh, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> I do like that, though. Professional basketball was a dream of yours growing up. But let's pretend I can make that dream come become a reality. If you could choose, would you rather be a professional basketball player getting paid $1,000 a game 
with no possibility of endorsements or an accountant making a million dollars annually. Oh, that's a close one. That's a, um, if I could choose, I do both. I'd be my own accountant after I dunk on your favorite basketball player. Yeah. After I dunk on <laughs> Garnett. Damn, man, I knew I shouldn't have fucking asked you no questions that had to make you choose one. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, now, if I had to pick, uh, again, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one because you're, you're asking now uh, an older, an, an, an older Ricky Gonzalez now, man, you are, uh, if, if I was a couple of years ago, I'd for sure take that $1,000 a game. That's $82,000 a year. Huh? That's $82,000 a year. Shoot. That's not bad. Not bad. $82,000 a year doing something that I put in, uh, what, two hours a day for? Or two hours a game for? Um, any, uh, with no risk of in injury? Yep. Oh, shoot. Um, yeah, I'll take that basketball life right there for sure. Ooh, I and, I, and I'm playing summer league too. And I'm playing overseas every time. <laughs> Don't matter. Stacking it up. You say, hey, games? I'll play I'll play AM1. I'll play pickup. I'll play, I'll play high school games. If I have <laughs> just to make more money. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Just, uh, so, yeah, even to this day, I'll play a little bit of hoop here and there. Um, it's just always been fun. It's always, uh, again, going. I was probably going, going back to – elementary going back to my childhood where it's just a carefree game stuff that i grew up with i don't really have to think too much about it um uh, accounting is almost the same way um but there are some pressures on you and um so to, to be honest it's uh you can't go wrong with either or hey i do i appreciate and respect the passion over the uh over the bullshit so now this game is called irritating or exhilarating? Oh, is this a, a side game, huh? It's a side game. Like I said, this is a game of sections. Uh, lunch specials at a hole in the wall, possibly sketchy Chinese restaurant. Irritating or exhilarating? Exhilarating, baby. Um, especially if you have the, the, the sign or the menu that's faded. Um, they haven't been changed in a couple times. And if they do change that, the prices, they have to change it with the pen. They just cross it out. <laughs> Those are the best. And especially if they have water that may taste funky to others, but great to you. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you can tell the difference between um, someone's, uh, their faucet, their pipes. Um, what year they were made? What's up? You can tell what year the pipes were put in. Oh, yeah, definitely. So this uh, is for sure 1776 with George Washington. That one, nah, that one's got too much minerals in it, man. <laughs> okay, irritating or exhilarating? A woman with double T, double D breast, but a cardboard flat ass. Oh, man. We're going to have to go exhilarating with that. Uh, <laughs> it, 
technical difficulties real quick because that that uh that question might have excited Rick a little too much to the point where he hit a button and he could not get it to come back on. But while we wait to get Rick back on, I will say this. Extremely impressive what he's been able to do so far as a first-generation Mexican-American. And coming where we came, it could have easily went so many different ways. There's a lot of people that lived in our neighborhood that are now homeless. There's a lot of people. Oh, where's this guy at? There's a lot of people in our neighborhood that chose the criminal route that aren't doing so well. So for Rick to come from the humble beginnings of which he has come from is huge. He downplays a lot how hard his parents worked and had him as the primary person taking care of his sister. He's one of those guys that a lot of his cousins look up to and uh, just does a lot as an overall human being. He's a guy that I'm extremely proud to say is a friend and brother to me. And you really can't put into words, we all grew up pretty rough and we all grew up hard nose and tough but i would say out of all of us rick had it the roughest and you would never be able to tell he was always smiling he was always looking at the positives he was never complaining at all he was always very grateful for everything and with that that's why he's in the position that he's in today and he's not ever one to look back. He is absolutely right. He doesn't necessarily reflect as much and he never looks at the way he grew up as a negative, which he shouldn't. Like I said, both parents busted their ass and they helped raise an amazing young man. And from that, let's get this guy back on here. He's calling me, but it's going to the wrong thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, the connection is over here uh, driving my calls. You're just really lucky that I'm good at being able to spin shit when it turns off. So I was just talking and gassing you up the whole time. But let's get back to irritating or exhilarating. Oh, we're going back to that question. I don't. I didn't forget. Exhilarating. Without <laughs> I love it. Because you are what we would call a uh, titty man. Uh, I would say booby lover. But <laughs> whatever whatever words you like to put into it. But uh, it's, it's interesting because a flat ass can do a lot of damage depending on what situation that you're in. And to go fully into exhilarating and not irritating tells me a lot of what kind of human being that you are. You're welcome. <laughs> For being in your life. <laughs> Irritating or exhilarating leg day at the gym. Irritating, man. Oh my gosh. 
going back to that weakness question, yeah, you could say probably my legs is one of the weakest parts too. <laughs> I would have to probably add to this. The reason for why it's probably irritating is because you probably do about three leg days a year and they're all max out days. I will not argue that with you, sir. <laughs> uh, I'd be at the gym and I'm usually at the gym at least uh, doing legs two to three times a week. So I've built them up. And I'll go 275, and uh, you'll be at the gym with me and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. And I'll be like, hey, when was the last time you did legs? Uh, probably 2017, November 1st, and it's uh, 2020. <laughs> hey, but I get it up. <laughs> I go down. I go up. Even though my, my boxers might not survive, but I still get it done. There is, that is the impressive part. Somehow, some way. You do get that 225 to 275 up. It, your legs should snap. Your tendon should blow out the back of your knees. But I think in later questions, we will know the answer of how you're still able to do 275 and not do legs ever throughout the year. Oh, yes, yes. We'll get to those. This one kind of helps add to that. Irritating or exhilarating BBLs. Oh, um, irritating or exhilarating? Oh, definitely exhilarating, man. Uh, right now, I'm almost intrigued by them. Um, when I overall, I, I don't believe. Uh, well, to each their own. Uh, if, if a woman wants to go ahead and get their done, stuff done, um, by all means, go for it. Um, I feel like a lot of people should be comfortable in their own skin, but if you do get one. Please uh, DM me at uh, at Rancho Head Honcho just so I could just review them a little bit. Um, but um, yeah, it's uh, not nowadays everyone has them, but uh, I think it's uh, do your thing. Yeah, but I would. Still, I, I would say in the plastic surgery field, it would have to be one of the greatest revolutions or discoveries ever. To where. You could take fat from all the shit areas of somebody's body and put it into the greatest area of all time. For people that don't know out there, BBLs are Brazilian butt lifts where they take fat from your back of your fucking arms, your fat ass gut, your old fucking turkey neck, and they'll put it right in that ass and make you look like J-Lo. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I will say that it is irritating though when you see them at the gym and you think it's a uh, you think or they deceive you as far as wow that's a lot of muscle in there but they're over here squatting uh less than the bar they ask for the skinny bar instead of the actual 45 pound bar it's like i know you didn't work to get that um but again to each their own um again the dn Address is uh, at Rancho Head Honcho. <laughs> when their their legs are looking like a fifty year old uh, quadriplegic, but their ass is looking like J Lo, looking like a dirty diaper that needs to be changed sometimes, man. <laughs> but, uh... Irritating or exhilarating? Someone accidentally spoiling a movie or series, but the only reason why that is is because it takes you ten years to watch a TV show or movie. Next question. I don't even want to answer that. It's already irritating me right now. 
I only see one face. And I just want to karate chop them in the neck. Oh, does freedom of speech irritate you, Adolf? <laughs> oh, yeah. When a, this guy, old spoiler boy, literally, literally, House of Dragons just finished. All I need is just one extra day to log in. And uh, you're over here telling me uh, stuff that's happened. You see what? You see? Yeah, I'm going to it for people right there. <laughs> Man, I'll be telling you about Avenger. I'll be telling you about Walking Dead and shit that happened ten years ago, and you'll get irritated like it happened yesterday. Why don't you yeah, watch? Yeah. You want to get? You have Netflix. You're talking about how you want to slow time down. You got nothing else yeah, to do yeah. in Arizona? Go watch, watch some TV. For you, huh? I'm gonna use my superpower to slow you down before you even spoil <laughs> it. That's what you need. You need to stop complaining and start doing something. Irritating or exhilarating? Giving speeches at weddings. Uh, oh, man. Nerve-wracking is a question. That, that, that's what it is, man. Uh, I just had that experience recently. Um, one of my good friends, I actually didn't know he liked girls, but um, he ended up getting married recently. <laughs> He's this guy right here, right, right in front of your face. Kissed you all the way from AZ. Oh, yeah, catch that. Irritating. <laughs> Not on the old crotch. Jesus. <laughs> Irritating or exhilarating playing fantasy football? Um, this season, um, what is that? Annoying? What was the other one? Irritating. Irritating. Um, yeah, last year was fun. Uh, but yeah, this one, it's been a rough year. Uh, fantasy wise, and also. Green Bay Packer-wise, but um, next question. <laughs> As we're getting closer and closer to the end of this interview, what advice would you give your 10-year younger self? Uh, what advice would I give my 10-year younger self? I, I would be um, tell them to focus more. Um, focus and be patient. I would say th things are going to go his way um just keep at it keep you know stay rick is one of those people that he owns an iphone one and sometimes gets horrible reception so we're hoping that we can start GoFundMe as well during this podcast and get him to get a newer phone. Because when we can do that, we can host full episodes and not have these pauses in between because his reception is as worse as his diet. And if you know him, that's pretty bad. But while we wait, 
Ricky is one of the funniest human beings that I know. The guy makes me laugh all the time. And from this episode, you could see bits and pieces of that. I'm going to get him on the show more and more. We'll talk about different topics. We'll have a whole good time and we'll go from there. But until then, we're almost towards the end of this episode where he just answer these next couple questions because he has a lot of good gems. Highly educated, highly motivated, and really the guy that you want in a foxhole. The guy that you want in a time where you need help, Rick will be that guy there. If you need to jump in a fight, he'll be the first one to throw a punch and you'll be fighting 10 or 20 guys and then laughing about the story after because he is a tough man that is not scared to get his uh, face bloody, knuckles dirty. Uh, great human being. And, oh man, get the new phone. But go ahead, 10 year younger self, what you got? First of all, that was your phone. Uh, to never, to not disrespect my phone now. Uh, second of all, ten-year-old self. Sheesh! I would tell him to focus and be patient. Everything's gonna work out how he's. Everything's gonna work out how it should work out. Um, stay true to your character, to your morals. Um, I wish I would have told him earlier to you know. You don't have to go out every weekend and. Uh, Poverty all the time and spend all that money. Um, I wish I would have saved more. Um, but I also don't regret it as far as uh, it was a good time, enjoyable time. Met a lot of people also and uh, um, got it out of my system, today, uh, to be honest. Um, and, yeah, that's what I would tell them. Just focus, man. Um, stay true to yourself. Uh, when, if you make an error, accountability. Own up to it. Man up. And it's going to be either a blessing or a lesson. So... Learn from your mistakes um, and also keep at your goals. Yeah, I like that. What would you like to ask your 10-year-older self? Um, what would I like to ask my 10-year-older self? Uh, shoot. First of all, I would like to ask them, how'd you get so sexy? How'd you get so buff, baby? <laughs> How do you still have hair, more hair than the actual person interviewing you today? Hey, uh, we're not talking about me, motherfucker. <laughs> um, nah, I, I, I would just uh, ask myself, like, what's next? What do I do? What do I got to do to be where you're at? Because I know, and I, I know that the future, uh, future, what is it, five years, ten years, me. Um, it's still going to get at it like I was 10 years ago. Um, so I just want to just ask him, man, uh, how is it? How's it going? What do I need to do? And um, what do I got to get rid of in my life? All the distractions. Uh, and what should I be focusing on? Not bad. Uh, what would you like to tell all the fat mamas? I mean, listeners out there. What would you like to tell them at the very end? At the very end of this uh, show, I would like to just say, all the single ones out there, <laughs> can you cue some like romantic songs on? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
me at the, the bar down the street. <laughs> meet me at the Mondrian. Uh, shoot, to, t- to all the listeners, man, uh, I, know, I know, uh, it was very surprising, uh, when, uh, you told me that you wanted to interview me, um, uh, and I was like, what the heck, um, why would you want to interview me? Um, but it was also, uh, again, a moment of reflection when you asked me that you wanted to interview someone close to you that's been, you know, first generation. Um, so primarily to all the, you know, the first generation people that are still coming over to this day or are, you know, don't are stuck in life or, um, don't know where to go. Um, I just say stick to it, um, every day do what, do what you got to do and do it to the best of your abilities. Uh, don't half-ass anything. Um, if you're over there, like I said, if you're still over there at McDonald's flipping burgers, make it the best burger. Um, if you're over here doing bookkeeping, make sure everything is accurate. Um, shoot, if you're lucky enough to have the opportunity to play basketball, uh, make sure you practice all your layups. Don't fail any layups. Free throws. It's the little things that count, um, that build habits, build um, consistency. And um, nowadays, a lot of people don't have that. So just stick to it and you're already better than most of the people out there. Uh, that's what I would like to say to those people listening. Um, keep at it. Uh, goals, realistic goals are there to to push you and you'll get them if you are if you really want them. Man, I love it. Now, this has been an amazing interview and all jokes aside, what you've been able to accomplish is extremely impressive. You are a human being that I look up to. You're a human being that I love. And I would not want another brother in your place to be with me and motivate me throughout my whole life. So it's kind of what you're saying when it comes to reflecting and showing appreciation. That's all I want to do. And that's why I want to interview you so bad because you have done amazing things. And I think there's a lot of people out there that need to hear about it and know that they can do it as well. So I just want to say proud of you, Ray. Yeah, right on, right on. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I know you're going to uh, interview Elon Musk, but he was a little bit busy with Twitter. So second choice, you know, second pass is here, baby. <laughs> oh, man, that was good. But uh, with that being said, episode is done. Like I said, I appreciate everything that you've done, taking the time to do this interview. You're the man. No, no, right. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for even selecting me. Uh, I appreciate the questions. A lot of point of reflection and uh, best of luck to you. And uh, see you when I see you. Good shit, Ray. All right, then, man. Well, I just hit you. Just hit me then. Uh, all right, then, man. All right, Rick. Bye-bye. Peace.